Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Together again, again. Gee, it's good to be together again, again. I just can't imagine that you've ever been gone. It's not starting over, it's just going on. Together again, again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. We are back together. The Dream Team's doing it again. My name is Casey. And my name is Matt. That may have been the greatest opening we have ever had in the history of Beers and Ears. (laughs) I sent Matt a text message this morning and said, all right, we're good. Thor Love and Thunder, what time can you record? (laughs) And he's like, 7.15 is good for me. And I'm like, great, together again. And then he sends me the Kermit the Frog singing together again. I'm like, that's how we got to open the show. Absolutely. If you were going to open that way, I was going to open that way. So (laughs) one of us, this is how the show was opening today. This is how the show was going to open today. But now, welcome in. Thank you for bearing with us, everybody. Uh, Two weeks ago, my brother and and sister-in-law and family, we were in. We had a great time. Matt took the reins with the San Diego Comic-Con stuff, which was awesome. Then last week, Matt was out of town, so I was able to kind of shed some, some light into what makes a Disney park so different from other theme parks. I had a lot of fun with that. And and Matt, uh, since last week, something has happened. I am an official vacation planner, authorized vacation planner for the Walt Disney Company and Universal Studios. Nice. I am, and I'm not allowed to say travel agent. I'm not a tra- I'm not a Disney travel agent. You're not allowed to say that. <laughs> I am an official, or, or sorry, un, or I'm, I'm an authorized official vacation planner. So, if you're interested. Uh, you can check me out on facebook.com slash magical Casey. That's my, my, my uh, magical memories by Casey. So that's my, my thing. And I work with Main Street and more travel. Um, the thing about travel agents, and we've had Chris on the show before. People don't realize this. It doesn't cost you anything extra to do, yes. a, to, to do a travel planner, right? So if you go through me, you get over a decade's worth of experience. If you like listening to me on the show and, and Matt and I talk about the various tips and tricks about going to the parks well guess what i can help you do all that and it doesn't cost you anything extra i like to think of it as um we get to take the stress out of planning a vacation because it can be a little stressful sometimes and i get to do that for you and i think what i'm most excited about is i can do walt disney world i can do disneyland i can do disney cruise line i learned a ton about disney cruise line uh in my training and then adventures by disney which i knew nothing about i can we're actually going to do a show on that at some point yeah yeah. um so i can do adventures by disney which is really cool and i can do universal studios orlando or universal studios hollywood for you and that's just to start i'm going to be learning more but those are the ones that i have trained on so yeah um if you're interested i know shameless plug at the top of the show but um, email me, Casey Woolley at MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com or check me out on Facebook, Facebook.com slash MagicalCasey, and that'll get you all my info. You can also reach out to any of the Beers and Ears-like yeah, yeah. things. We will get you connected. <laughs> sure. We, we will get you connected with Casey. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we shameless plug a lot of stuff on this podcast. We do. We do. <laughs> but you know what? This is a, this is a side gig, and yeah. I – Chris has wanted me to come work for her for a while. So I'm really excited to work with her, you know, and if I can help make a couple people's memories, I'm really pumped about that. So yeah, I'm ready to go. I've got the training. So I got to learn how to do the, um, actually get into the system and do some of that stuff, but I know what I'm selling. So now it's a matter of, okay, (laughs) come talk to me and let's get it figured out. But I learned some really cool stuff. Like I didn't know this, but you can literally book 
everything through the Walt Disney Company. Like plane tickets, travel insurance, rides to and from. Like it can all be booked through the Walt Disney Travel Company. I didn't know that. Like I always thought you had to go do the plane tickets separately. And no, you can do it all at once. There's lots of um, fun add-ons and things that you can do. It's all And it's all within budget too. Like it depends on what your budget is. And that's the thing is let's figure out what your budget is, when you want to go, and then we'll work backwards from there. So Well, I know who I'm going for when I want to go. <laughs> go Woo, to my I next love Disney it. Trip. I love it. Yes. <laughs> Just going to call wow. up. And, and, and that's the thing I will say. You know, I am a seasoned veteran at Walt Disney World. And I think, again, the the initial hit for me is like, I don't need that. Casey, that's so great that you're doing that for those, you know, peasants over there that, you know, don't know how this goes. But no, this is absolutely something like you said, hey, Casey, this is what I want. This is what the budget is. And honestly, maybe I have a blind spot somewhere. Um, I did a little bit as I was looking through the training. I, I got most of the stuff right because I know most of the stuff. But there were even things that I learned in the training. I'm like, huh. That's really interesting. I didn't know that. Or I didn't know you could add that. Like, I always thought there were just three levels of Disney Resort hotels at Walt Disney World. There are actually four. Did you know that? Uh, it would be value, deluxe, and... There's value, moderate, moderate, deluxe, and then deluxe villa. Oh, deluxe which villa. Which is a whole different thing. Yeah. And actually, of all the hotels, deluxe villa has the most. Interesting. Yes. So I think sometimes people just group Deluxe and Deluxe Villa into like, like if you, when you think of Bay Lake Tower at the Contemporary Resort, you just kind of group it with the Contemporary Resort. But in reality, it's actually a completely separate category of hotel. Interesting. Didn't know that, right? Uh, so yeah, I, I just, I learned, I did learn a lot. And um, so yeah, I'm prepared to be able to help you out now, which is exciting. Beautiful. Oh man, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. That's great. So, that's great for like, in all seriousness, like that's awesome for you. Like that. It's fun to have a side gig. Um, it is. It yeah. is. Well, I mean, this is kind of like a side gig that's fun, the things that we do here. Yeah. I get to have a little bit more of a side gig. Same area. You know, and I, I, I got to say one thing. I've missed the magic since leaving the Disney store. I have. I mean, this is part of, like, this has been a lot of fun. But even then, the podcast, to some degree, has gotten to be a little, there were a couple of times where I felt like, okay, it's starting to get a little mechanical, right? I, I, I hear you. I don't know about that, too, or not. But, but like, this is, like, revitalizing me on the other side. Like, I get to help people playing magic again like that was my favorite part about working at the disney store and i get to help people do that again yeah you know and and i learned a ton about universal studios too oh my god i can't wait to go check out universal studios again like it looks really cool well and their resorts are gorgeous yeah their resorts are really nice and they've got the new land coming here within the next year like yep yep but even volcano bay looks absolutely amazing and it's not a water park like I know that everyone laughs. Oh, it's a water. No, it truly is like another theme park. Like the whole Tamu Ta- or, uh, Tapu Tapu that they've got going on there with the, have you heard about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the Tapu Tapu wrist bracelet. So, so like you don't have to wait in line. There's no lines at Volcano Bay, none. You, you go up to the, there's like a, like basically an area of like where all 10 attractions are at. They're all basically water slides or something thereof. And you pick the one you want, you tap it. It'll tell you when to come back. And then your wristband will vibrate when you have when it's your time to return. That's, like, that's crazy. Kind of cool to me, right? And I would imagine the new Epic Universe will be very similar to that, I would bet. I mean, that's kind of the, I think, the next evolution of theme parks. And, and, yeah. and the bridge is happening right now, which is how can you eliminate the lines in yep. a theme park? So, I mean, 
because Disney's trying to do it with like this lightning lane genie plus, you know, hey, you know, work your way through the day and don't stand in any lines, all that stuff. Volcano Bay's got this where you we vibrate your wristband and then it comes back. I don't know how good the process is. I, I, I would be interested. Well, I think the reason why Volcano Bay is able to do it so well, just in what I saw about it, when you can build a theme park from the ground up, you can create certain things that are entertaining holding areas. So at a water yeah. theme park like that, a themed water park, you, you have the wave pool. You have the lazy river you have the basic pool you have the splash pad you have shops and food and everything that people are able to kind of hang around and are still entertained with and then when it's their time they get vibrated where if you have an existing park you don't necessarily have that holding area per se you know like like okay let's just take hollywood studios like if everything went virtual and i've been advocating for that for years if everything became virtual where would you put the people and while they're waiting right yeah so it becomes a very interesting dynamic so i think that'll be interesting to see what happens with epic universe when when that finally comes up like you know are they exploring peach's castle or link's castle or bowser's castle or you know are there certain things you know the gardens peach's gardens or something things that people can just generally walk through and do while they're waiting for the major attractions yeah, and then they exactly. get called back in you know um but yeah i agree that's the next evolution it is yeah yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see kind of what what ends up being the thing that actually like really works efficiently. Yeah, and I, I I'm really hoping to see. I'm really hoping that Disney's Disney's not getting a lot of good press right now. I mean, no. I've been re- I've been reading some really bad stuff. Um, their, their their capacity right now is just through the root. Like people, it's crowded as off. I don't know if you saw Eddie's pictures or not. Um, who worked at the Disney store with us, but he's down there right now, and he took a picture in front of Cinderella's Castle. I mean, it's just jam packed with people right now. It's August. It's hot. It's a hundred degrees. That's normal for an August. I get that, but something's got to give. And you know, more and more people are saying, why isn't Disney actually? capping it like like they've been relying on these price hikes to kind of prevent people from coming but at a certain point you've just got to say pump the brakes and say our user experience is being is suffering and like i, I just don't know where that tipping point I, we talked I about think that what they're what years. kind of this is proving is you price hike will get some people to not go mm-hmm. but definitely people will just continue to pay the cost yep. <laughs> like and again for people, there is a value there. I mean, for again, going through this training, I've seen the value, and there there is there is great value there. Um, but and it's like you said, if they're this high up capacity wise, at a certain point, Disney just has to pump the brakes and say, okay, no more. Like we we got yeah. we got it. The experience. This just gives even more rationale to the idea of a potential fifth gate at some point that traffic has got to get somewhere. Like I know there's, it's a billion dollar investment, maybe even a $2 billion investment to do that. But that a fifth gate somehow when Epic universe opens up, this is going to, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because I mean, I just turned on, I don't know about you, but I play Mario Kart a lot and they just released the the second wave of the downloadable content for, for Mario Kart's eight new levels. And as I'm going through this, I'm like some of the stuff, would I mean, I know they're gonna have a whole Mario Kart course. Like, th- this is great IP. Like, they've yeah. got Harry Potter, but Mario in itself is an amazing IP. And that, you know, I, I would argue that next to Disney, the most next recognizable 
IP out there is Super Mario. It's it's Nintendo in general because Nintendo's yeah, Pokemon, got Pokemon. Yeah, you're right. Um, Zelda, so like any kind of Pikachu or anything King, like uh, that. Kirby, Kirby as yeah. well. Like it's there's really. I agree with you that I mean, yeah, and especially about Hello Kitty too. Is that theirs? No, that's not Nintendo. No, but that's Japan though. So that's Japan. Yeah, yeah. but but uh, but you're right. I think you're absolutely right. Especially worldwide, you know, mm-hmm. Walt Disney Company huge, but Nintendo is just as big, if not bigger, globally than yeah uh, than what the Walt Disney Company is. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I think now we are in the mode of Chapek is making the decisions now. And yeah, his contract got um, upped for another what four years. Yeah, I've, I've, I've cooled on my my distaste for him. Um, not that I'm like you know singing his praises now, but I'm I'm just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna, gonna go with I'm, it. I'm, go with I'm the gonna flow. roll with it and and do my normal like you know what I'm gonna give him a chance to you know he came in. This was an unprecedented time, you know, through a pandemic, out of a pandemic, trying to figure that out. Like, that's something that no CEO has had to deal with. You know what? Let's see what happens. That's all we can do, I think, is is see what happens. So, but either way, here we are 14 minutes into the show. Why don't we, why don't we shift focus now? Uh, we are doing yet another Marvel movie um uh, kind of recap, if you will. Last time we did this was Doctor Strange. You've done a couple of the series ones, or you will be doing a couple of the series ones. Um, but as we continue to go along, I think before we even get to Thor: Love and Thunder, I mean, I, you had a chance to talk about this stuff at the comic, the Comic Con episode. But holy smokes, do we finally have some direction about where we are going with uh, Phase Four, Phase Five? and phase six like holy smokes yeah they kind of dumped the content uh on us yeah <laughs> which it, it it does give that direction and gives that build up um i, I think you know kind of i think this is a great place to start in my you know looking at the announcements from comic-con where like you see okay we are building towards basically what infinity war and Endgame was that's going to be kang dynasty and secret wars yes yeah and yes there's benchmarks along that way of things that are very very exciting but like that's what we're building towards so you can kind of see that but phase four was a very weird phase a very weird phase because it it was the first phase where we had the disney plus content and it's the first phase where we really didn't know fully where this was going, but we kind of knew because like having it been announced, you can kind of go, OK, the multiverse clearly like they were setting up some multiversal thing, the big multiversal thing. In the- I think we all we, we all had guesses, but we didn't necessarily. So I did some thinking on this because, you know, me, the last time we talked about this, I was I was burning out. Yeah, I, mean, I was burning out after Doctor Strange. You guys can go back and listen to that episode. I was not a happy camper. I, I wasn't. I was I was really disengaged after Doctor Strange. I've not really engaged with a lot of the Marvel content on Disney Plus since. I haven't watched, um, you know, uh, Miss Marvel or or any of the stuff. I don't really plan to watch She-Hulk. Although you might with the with the law drama, I might do it. I don't know. That said, I thought about this. I think a lot of us thought that phase four, even though we knew it wouldn't be, I don't think we were ready for the way they did this. I think a lot of us thought that phase four 
because phases one, two, and three had been established, we knew a lot of these characters, that in some way there would be strings that tied back to phase one, two, and three. And granted, there have been some strings that have tied back, but they have been very light, very light. It was almost like Marvel and Feige and the creators, they, they literally... I don't want to call it a hard reset, but it was like a soft reset of Marvel. Like, and, yeah. and I keep thinking back to what Feige said a few years back when he said that the Marvel universe would be definitively like prior to Endgame and then post Endgame. We've been living through that now for for two two and a half years, basically, where Phase Four was a soft reset, and I've almost equated Phase Four to how phase one was for us. Like phase one, we didn't really know what we were building. Like, we knew we were building to Avengers, like, but we didn't know yeah. much beyond that. We got a couple of random, like if you think about those early days, you had Iron Man, you had the Hulk, Iron Man two, and then Cap. You're right. Along. We knew, and by that we knew point, that we were we building knew. towards Avengers, but that yes, was it. That was it. And, and then, then it became okay. So they're starting to introduce some Infinity Stones. All right, I, this is this is where we're going, right? And, and we got a lot more into it. And, and I, I think we said this after um, Eternals, or I don't know, or Shang Shang Chi, maybe, where it was like, okay, we don't know where we're at in this this field. We're kind of lost in the wilderness. Now we've gotten the chess pieces starting to set. Yeah. You like, kinda, that, that's the thing I'm feeling right now, you know? Yeah, you can kind of see where things are going, though... Uh, yeah, I don't even know if someone say you know where they're going. You just... They've set the map, mm-hmm. and now... We, I, I don't want to say I know where we're going. We've set the chessboard. We know how to win the game, but how we're going to get there is where we're not... We're not there yet. We don't... Yeah. That, that's the piece that's missing. But all I know is that video that snuck out when they announced... <laughs> Avengers, the King Dynasty, and Avengers Secret Wars, um, and you heard that crowd erupt. Holy smokes! Did that like just like well, it brought, brought me to tears? Because it's like it's in the same year too. Like I want to yeah. say like King Dynasty like six months or eight months. Yeah, it's like six months apart. Um, These and are I mean in the back to back. Yeah, we went we went through a bunch of the stuff. Like I mean, Fantastic Four is getting getting rebooted and i'm i'm so happy to see marvel take that because i know a lot of people's fantastic four knowledge is from the movies and i promise that like the comics are so much better than what the movies were i would definitely Um, say that of the of the superheroes that are left that marvel hasn't touched Fantastic Four and X-Men are probably the most well-known. Everything else, anyone else they introduce is going to be not as well-known, but Fantastic Four and then, of course, whenever they get X-Men in there. Well, I heard an interesting tidbit on there that it seems like there's some contract stuff that the current actors are under contract that if there's another X-Men movie before 2025, they are... they're, they're the actors that have to play these x-men i don't know if this is true this is a rumor you know rumor mill that i've heard and you know the internet you never know exactly what's fact and what's something that you know the internet yeah, has but just that, they could to. very creatively do something with that in terms of 
okay, fine, they're playing the characters maybe in an alternate universe. Of yeah, exactly. Like, like, like there, there's ways that I would love to be able to see some of the current actor. I would love to be able to see, you know, date, you know, the 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 new gen, the the newer version of X Men, the original Fox version of X Men, and then whatever MCU's version of X Men somehow collide. I, it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, the fact that we're obviously moving towards this 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 multiverse situation it's been introduced it's out there now it, it's going to definitely be very interesting to, to see mm-hmm. where we go and i I'll, i think what i have to say here is that my faith has been restored a little bit and okay that's good I'm, that's I'm, good I'm, to hear and i think that's what feige was trying to do i i, I, I think feige is a smart man and people like you he probably wasn't worried about it was people like me he was worried about i i also think we have to just maybe say that dr strange multiverse of madness might have just been a miss just i think so yeah, just mine just been a big miss. <laughs> yeah, hiring Sam Remy to Rami to, to to direct anything is a big miss. He's not. I, I've never liked any of his stuff. It's it's always been too dark for me. So, um, real quick while we're on superheroes, so we went to Six Flags. Have you been to Six Flags recently? Um, not recently, but like within the last five years. Okay, have you seen the new like Justice League area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like DC, where you can go in the they, Hall of Justice and, and no, the Cyborg no, no, they, robot? They, no, they've created a whole, like, I know you probably haven't seen this because they just unveiled it like six months ago or Oh, yeah, year. no, I have not they've seen They've got this. a whole DC Universe area now. Oh, that's like, cool. They've rethemed roller coasters and, and stuff, and it's actually kind of cool. Of course, there's the Hall of Justice, which is there, which was the ride, which was part of it. But yeah, like, they've got a whole DC Universe area now. It's nice. Kind of I'll have fun. to check yeah. that out because we're yeah. so close. So You really are. So, um, okay, so let's talk Thor Love and Thunder, man. Yeah, because this is one of the movies of Phase 4 that, like, had, I mean, Thor, original, OG, MCU yep. character, a film even, number one. Even even, Gar- even Guardians was somewhat, I don't want to say it was OG, I think that was Phase 2, but, I mean, the Guardians who are in this, I think, also, um, you know, pretty much OG for the most part, too, yeah. you know? Yeah, well, and, and bringing back, you know, OG storylines of, you know, Natalie Portman's character, Jane Foster, like, that's yep. a very big deal in the first Thor kind of you get it in thor 2 and then by ragnarok she's just like not there yeah um, yeah. <laughs> um but I think that was a contract dispute if i'm not mistaken yeah i think there was a contract dispute and and honestly one of the things about the mcu there comes a point where you just had to be like okay we're just not following this thread right now we're on this path <laughs> and i think I that's have, part of it too to, i have to admit i was excited about thor because thor has always been one of my favorites besides dr strange he was my favorite that said, I was not excited about Lady Thor. I was not excited about Jane Foster as Thor. I, I wasn't. I, I I I remember seeing the, the the preview for it. I thought the preview was kind of cool, but I was like, this movie isn't like making me pumped to go see a new Thor movie. The only thing that kind of kept my hope alive is it had the similar vibe as Ragnarok did in terms it, of the. Uh, it very and, much and, feels like a sequel to Ragnarok. Oh, absolutely, it does. But even the but the the, the trailer kind of had me feeling that way. So. So, so Nate and I, this was the night, I think it was opening night or the day after he's like, do you want to go see a movie? And we were tossing around whether we were going to go see this or whether we were going to go see what else was out at this time. It was, uh, I don't know. It was one of these other, oh, it was Lightyear. <laughs> you want to go oh, see yeah. this? You want to see Lightyear? We're like, let's go see this. Like, I don't see Lightyear in the theaters. <laughs> I think we got, I think we're going to be reviewing that at some point. I got to watch it. But I, anyway. I actually just, I actually just watched it and I, we, I don't want to get into it. I was pleasantly surprised okay i okay. have my gripes with it but okay. i was pleasantly surprised okay but anyway i was excited about this or i wasn't excited about this i was i was kind of disappointed I, I was like ah, you know 
I, I had thought the Jane Foster storyline had kind of played itself out. So like, why are we revitalizing this again? Yeah. But from the moment that movie started, man, it was a hoot. I mean, I think I talked about it at our last time we were together about how how fun I had with this with this movie. And I stand by my belief that this is one of, if not the best Marvel Cinematic Universe movie made. Wow. I, I'm, I'm not quite there. I had a great time. I'm, I'm with you. Like from the opening opening lines and the whole like Korg telling the story and what a fun, fun, fun movie. Very much, again, if you liked Ragnarok, you're going to like this movie. It very much has the similar feel. Obviously, it's directed by the same person, has a lot of the same characters. But and and I think villain wise, too, where. Yes. Uh, you know, I'm, yes. I'm gonna... I kept thinking about your villains theory while I was yes. watching it. Like, this is Matt's kind of villain because he's got a backstory. It, there's a real reason as to why this villain does what he does, where you've got yeah. Gore the God Butcher. Well, why does he want to butcher gods? Well, because he prayed to a god and then ended up meeting the god, and it turns out the god didn't care about him. Yep. And, or and the let's people. just for a moment, Christian Bale, man, what? an amazing performance as gore like he was he was spot on like you couldn't even tell it was him but how well he was acting he he was creepy he was downright creepy what i loved about it is because the movie was a little bit more fun and silly it it offset the fun and silliness with this menacing villain Mm -hmm. that um i I really really enjoyed he was menacing but I leaned over to Nate, you know, 25% through the movie. And like this, this was like after he started, you know, he kind of, he had his reasons for killing. And like, we kind of looked at each other, like we kind of feel for like, we feel for the guy. Like we can kind of understand why he's, why he's doing what he's doing. He's, he's, he lost this, this child of his, which, you know, and, and you totally get why he did what he did, you know? Yeah. And you get, well, and especially too, after meeting all of the gods. Yeah. You kind of do start to go, you know, I think maybe I'm on Gore the God Butcher's side. Like, maybe don't kill Thor and his friends, but everybody else, you know, I'm kind of cool with that. We'll get to Zeus in a minute, but Zeus, like, all of them, they're all pretentious you-know-whats. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so you said you're not as high on it as I am. I think when I first saw it, I was really high. I said, best MCU movie you know, as I kind of think through the 27 or 28 of them that there are now, however many there are, you know, okay, I, I, again, this goes back to, it's really hard to say in comparison to other things when you've got all that buildup, but on its face, just production value, writing, comedic timing, storyline, acting, um, where it kind of fits in terms of what we know about the characters it is hard for me not to put this in that upper upper well, 5%. I mean I mean if we take a look at this as again let's we kind of how we've had to do this is say anything end game and before is its own that's its own Okay thing. fair so take 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 phase 1 2 and 3 out of it. Let's do 4 5 just phase 4 right now. Is this your number 1 for phase 4? I think Spider-Man uh No Way Home still was Okay, just, that's fair. That's fair. Like, that's just fair. for me. Now, I, I'm more of a Spider-Man fan where, mm-hmm. you know, and so that that makes more sense to me. Would you put this right after it, though? But this is right after it. Okay, I mean, okay. Because that's fair. Otherwise, what you're looking at is 
Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Eternals Doctor, Doctor Strange. Strange. Um, Any others that we're missing? I feel like there's one more in there, but I can't pinpoint it. Maybe I'm wrong. Because there's yeah, been a lot of series now, and yeah, and the either. series is is one of those I, I, that's hard to rank on. Okay, well, which series do I like more than the movies? Like that's just yeah. Because some we're of getting... the series have not. Oh, there was uh, there was um no, that was that. Never mind. Yeah, uh, the series. Some of them have tied in more than others, so it's hard to rank those. So yeah. okay, so you got Spider Man, uh, No Way Home, and then you've got okay. I I can see that. I think in terms of. Well, and, and let me say this: There's a sizable gap between those two and, and everything else. And everything else. <laughs> well, and here's the thing: I think if you look at at the movies, just the movies, take the series out. If you look at just the movies, Spider-Man: No Way Home probably has the biggest impact on where we're going because it introduced the multiverse. Thor: Love and Thunder doesn't. Thor: Love and Thunder kind of was this. I mean, it might go somewhere, but it, you know. Who knows? It might, it very well might not, you know, and again, if you talk about impact, obviously Dr. Strange had a huge impact and that's way down the list for me, but, but, um, Eternals, I mean, I don't know if we'll ever even see the Eternals again. Was that just kind of a one-off? I, I don't know. No, I, I think you know? we'll see them again, but that was, I mean, that movie was just trying to introduce 10 new characters. Yeah. Again. Like, and I couldn't give you the name of any of them right now. Uh, Solaris is one name. Solaris, uh, Cersei. Oh, Cersei. Okay. Um, Pergasus. Is that another one? Then you have. Um, let's see. Okay. Then you have the deaf fast Sirius, girl. Sirius XM Radio. Is that another one? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then you have. Um, let's see. The uh, deaf girl. Yeah, you're right. The deaf girl. Yeah, Superman. There's a guy. Ichabod. Ichabod. Isn't there an Ichabod in there? There's. Uh, there's no way there's an Ichabod in there. Icarus. Was an I- it's Icarus. Icarus. Thank Icarus. you. Okay. <laughs> I knew there was an Ick in there. It's yeah. It's ick. Icarus okay. and Cersei are okay. like the main two people. And then I know you've got Gilgamesh the, is in there. Gilgamesh. The big, yes. Yes. The girl with the big lips. What's her name? Angelina Jolie. Uh, Angelina Jolie character. was in that movie. You are correct. Uh, <laughs> Um, um, let's see. Uh, this is actually a really good, que- like, on the street question. Not that we have an yeah. on the street show. Name but, like, as many of the ten Eternals as you name can. Name as many of the Eternals oh, as possible. Uh, uh, was it Fastos? That's the black Fasos, guy, right? Fastos. He's Fasos, he was the yeah. first gay, the first LGBT. Well, I don't say first, but he was like the first mainstream LGBT. Yeah, superhero. yeah. Yes, got it. Okay. Anyway, we're off track. Back to Thor. Love <laughs> that okay, was a fun exercise. I have to ask you a question. Did you know the little girl's name was Love until like, or did you find that out at the very end like I did? I found that out at the very end. <laughs> okay, because here I'm thinking Love and Thunder is is Thor and Jane Foster, right? Yeah. Like, like that's I had no idea that her name was Love. Like, like that was completely. I mean, it, great reveal on Marvel's part. There is that canon from a uh, comic book perspective. I have know? never seen this because okay. you know Gore the God Butcher is another one of these examples of a villain that really just is a thorn in the side of the gods for a long, long time. And so, again, across comic series, you can have this recurring villain, recurring villain. It's much harder to do that in the MCU. Now we've seen it with Thanos, and it worked out really well. I think Kang is another great villain to kind of do this. But ultimately, you have to write these villains in where they can be written on and written off. Yeah. And so I thought that this was a great way to have gore the god butcher written off where he finally gets to the point where he has the power to destroy all of the gods and decides not to have you ever done any like a deep dive into like marvel's 
creationism history before like the levels of like who was the very first being and that that was the very first being but then at some point another writer decided to put a bean before him and then someone yeah, I've not a... done this deep dive though. It okay. does sound like a deep dive that I would get into. I will tell you, man, I have tried to do it and I have tried to keep up and cause, cause gods actually are very low on the totem pole when it comes to like, like beans because yeah. Titan, Titans are actually above them. And then there's these creatures above them and these creatures above them. And like, like ego is actually, you know, in, in the MCU, he's kind of a, a more of a, he's a planetary planetary being and we kind of got introduced to them in the eternals but there's like this next level up above them and then a one before them and like it gets really high up man like yeah, it really it's, does it's very confusing but i thought that this was a great way to transition thor's character to transition yeah. gore the god butcher out that he's you know he's done yeah. his thing now yeah yeah, yeah. And, and even got a little playfulness with the Guardians for a little bit, and they kind of went off and did their own thing. So we'll see yeah. them again with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is nice. I do feel Marvel did miss a, a great opportunity to somehow cameo Loki in this again. It was weird watching a Thor movie without Loki. It was yeah, just, that's it true. Was, it was really weird without seeing Tom Hiddleston in there. Yeah, just even even just like a hey, I'm here or something. I don't yeah, know. Well, like see, I know the thing is, is like it's he's not really dead. He's still around. Like he's in the 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 place with well we're he's in the, T the TVA yeah, he's, in, he's in the TVA right now and discovering things for there like you would have I don't know just figured out some way to cameo that would have been cool yeah. and just you know of course they would have had to pay him but you know so uh um favorite part you have a favorite part of this movie <laughs> um well I mean you, you can't go wrong with Thor's butt but I mean come on now I mean <laughs> let's, let's be honest I mean that that was that was a fun part even okay. if it was for two minutes all right I know um you know what um I Nate and I both really loved how Mjolnir got used as shrapnel like that yeah. was that was really cool like watching the new powers of Mjolnir I thought that was really cool um, I loved that Heimdall's son was in it. I, I thought that was really, really cool and seeing him adapt his powers. Um, but honestly, I, I, I think my favorite scene is towards the end when he gives the kids those powers and you know they've all got their weapons. The one's got the stuffed animal as her weapon and the music that's playing like it, that's a kick butt scene, man. Like, I, you know, like you could just, the energy in the theater was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was going to be my, that was going to be my favorite scene when, <laughs> when he powers up the things that they have. And then that becomes like his army to go defeat mm -hmm. Gore, the God butchers things. Well, and I love that, you know, as guardians, these are, you know, the, the last of their kind and these kids have gone through a big trauma and now they're like, okay, we're going to give it to this guy. And I, I, I love that part of it. Same with like, you could feel the energy in the theater when this was happening. And there's usually at one point in every Marvel movie and, and nothing will ever top end game. Like, I mean, I, I oh, still yeah. watch videos of when audience when, reactions, audience reactions, <laughs> like when cap yeah. wields Mjolnir for the first time, like just the theater is going nuts and it yeah. gives you chills every single time. But I still, every Marvel listen, movie, I still like, listen to that, that particular song from the soundtrack yeah. when the port, the one that's called portals because of just how chill it gives you when they, when they're all stepping through the portals. Yeah. Like that's another moment. Like, so, but every Marvel movie, I think 
really has one of those moments there, whether it's a big cameo, you know, kind of in Multiverse of Madness, it was, you know, the Reed Richards, you know, kind of having him in there. That was a big, like, whoa moment. Again, not as big of a moment, but still there. Usually Marvel's got, like, one of those. Mm-hmm. And this was definitely the one in that movie. Um, I, have to, and I just, do have I, to call out real quick, being the being the LGBT person on the, on the podcast, I did appreciate how they finally like confirmed Valkyrie's sexuality in this too. And it was a non-event. I just, I thought that was very well done, very tastefully done. And what I like about it is that I won't have to say this much longer because it's just going to become part of the norm with the MCU movies. Like it's yeah. just, it, 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 it just was what it was and everyone accepted it for what it was, which I thought was great. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I mean, in general, I enjoy the new Thor, like the goofiness, the, um, the confidence that comes with this, like, all right, I'm, you know, just, I'm joking around and I'm having a good time, but I, I'm good at what I do. And here I am saving the universe. And I'm actually gar- glad you said that. Cause I was going to say the same thing. It has been amazing to watch Thor through the eight or seven movies that we've seen him in and his progression of his, Chris Hemsworth has done a really good job at, you know, Thor number one from the original Thor. Like he was a cocky jerk. I mean, he really was, he was this vain. He kind of got better as we went along, but he was kind of a vain guy. That was the whole point of the movie, but just watching him develop. And I think in a lot of ways, and we've, I don't know if we've talked about this in terms of Thor, but I, I think in a lot of ways, he's also maybe has somewhat been of a, a role model for someone who maybe has gone through mental, mental issue. Like, I mean, he, he had some mental anxiety going on. He was depressed. I mean, he was fat Thor, you know, quote unquote. And, and he got himself out of that funk and here he is now he's, he's, he's bettered himself in some way. He stood up for himself against Jane Foster, which I, I think that was another thing. Like, I think I was going to be really worried that like, this was going to be a beat bash on Thor fest because Thor left Jane. Well, Jane had just as much to do with it as, as, as yeah. he did. So to kind of see that, like, I think it normalized some of that stuff for normal society too, which I thought was really well done. Yeah. Yeah. Just it, it's, it's. I mean, outside of, you know, kind of the original three are Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor. Those are kind of our big three. Mm-hmm. And Thor's the last one of those because yeah. kind of Iron Man and, and Cap's stories have kind of, at least the Steve Rogers yeah. Cap, has yeah. have, have capped. Yep. Whereas this, we're continuing to see the progression of this character. And it seems like Chris Hemsworth is very happy to continue playing Thor. You know, that was kind of the thing with, I think both Robert Downey Jr. And um, Chris Evans were like, you know, this was great. I'm, I'm ready to now go do other film projects. I think Chris Hemsworth's like, bring it on, man. Let's. And and I'm fairly certain too. like, yeah, they're ready to go to other film projects, but Steve Rogers and, you know, Chris Evans, I'm very certain like we'll see him in a cameo at some point and and probably even, you know, Robert Downey Jr. We won't see them in a full fledged movie, but there'll be some type of a cameo. I'm sure. But you're right. Chris Hemsworth, I I think just enjoys playing the character. Yeah. I think it, it, and it it does. And I think that's something that comes through on screen. It looks like he's having a blast playing this character. Well, I don't know if you saw the behind the scenes, but there was some behind the scenes stuff with Natalie Portman and, and, and Chris Hemsworth. And they were talking about how great it was to be on set again. But the difference is now like their kids are on set with them. And so like, they'll go and film a scene and then their kids are getting to know one another. Like how, I just think that's kind of cool for that. Um, 
were you prepared for um uh Jane Foster to die? I wasn't prepared for that. I thought No, that was, I, I, I thought did that not was really interesting. Think, I did not think that's where they were gonna go with that. I didn't either. Um you know, I kinda thought that Mjolnir and the Asgardian magic was gonna be like the 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 cancer and the sickness was what was gonna propel her to become Thor. Mm-hmm. But then that still kind of hung around, and then that she chooses to basically sacrifice herself. Yep. And now with the end credit scene with her in Valhalla, it seems like we probably are not seeing the last of her. But maybe, hey, maybe not. I guess who knows? Who knows what the multiverse at this point? I mean, who it, knows? It, it, it's going to be crazy. And, and if if they're already previewing these two Avengers this far out. I, I mean, I, I'm sure this is going to be built with the same hype as Infinity War and, and, and Endgame as we get closer. So who knows? It'll be Cameo City, I'm sure, um, for, for those particular situations. Were there any parts of the movie you didn't like? Honestly, not really. I, I like. I mean, I, again, I mean, I, I, I think this was a really fun movie, but I think I, I, I don't think there was a part that I was just like, oh man, I'm really just disliking this. Um. It, it was just enjoyable throughout. And, and I think that's often, that's why I like Guardians of the Galaxy. That's why I like, it, those movies are just fun. I sit down and have a great time. Yeah, I didn't, I did not feel like it lagged. I felt the time was perfect. I felt the pace was perfect. It's funny because I read, I read reviews after the fact and people were talking about how it suffered from quote unquote tonal issues. And I'm like, no, I don't know where people are getting that from. I don't, I don't understand that. I, I felt the tone and the way that the storyline, I felt it all flowed together really well. Um, yeah. I, I, the, I the criticism, you know, it's kind of been dropping on Rotten Tomatoes, which again, I always take with a grain of salt because, you know, there's some movies that are on Rotten Tomatoes that are highly rated that I think are terrible and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that people were, again maybe expecting something else or just felt it was too much of the same of Ragnarok but I, I think again why that resonated with you and I is we really liked Ragnarok yeah and I mean so, I'm looking at it so it had a budget of 250 million it made 672 million in the theaters um it you know and I, and I take that with a grain of salt still because 672 million in a time where we still kind of sort of have an epidemic going on, right? A pandemic going on. People know it's going to be on Disney plus in a matter of 45 days or whatever it is. Yeah. So like $672 million against a budget of 250, that's pretty good. I mean, I'll, you know, it didn't hit a billion, but usually these, these smaller, I don't say smaller, but these non major epic events usually aren't going to cross that billion dollar threshold. You know, Spider-Man probably being the exception because of, it, of what Spider-Man it was. and Black Panther too. Also yeah. Black well, Panther Black, Wakanda forever is going to yeah. do. Well, that's going to do 2 billion. I mean, so I, much I, money. I, I, I could see Black Panther Wakanda forever hitting, hitting the $2 billion mark. Um, uh, I, I'm with you. Like, yeah. Cause I remember what that movie was when it came out and now you add in, everything else into that movie <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah because let me see here if i just pull up black panther right now the original the original black panther pulled in 1.34 billion dollars so now you pull it in 
the, the trailer, my God, man, just gives you chills. Yeah. Um, but, but no, I, I think Spider-Man, the reason Spider-Man No Way Home did as well as it did, um, A, it was kind of the first entry into the, 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 the multiverse, but B, I think in a lot of ways it kind of acted as like an Avengers uh, 4.5 kind of. Oh, yeah. Like, it it kind mean, of, it, you know. It brought together 30 years of Spider-Man movies. Like, yeah. it, that is such a unique... And that's why that one even is a little bit unfair to compare the rest of them to because you were... It wasn't just a, another movie with an established character. You're bringing in established characters from movies that came out years ago and uh-huh. fitting them into the storyline where, I mean, um, Dr. Octopus and Alfred Molina, hugely popular. Same with Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin, hugely Dafoe, popular. Dafoe. What is that from? That is from something. I think it's from Family Guy. There's an episode where someone says William Dafoe and I think Roger just goes, Dafoe, Dafoe. Is it <laughs> Family Guy or it's, Maybe it's how I met your mother. I can't remember. I got to look that up. But okay. anyway, keep talking. Go ahead. Um, so, I mean, that that was just, to me, that was going to do better because it has the established nature of it. Whereas, you know, again, Shang-Chi, Eternals, Black Widow, other things like that, really fun kind of getting to know these characters, but they didn't have the backing of 20 years of film to help get the excitement for them. I mean, that I was why Shang-Chi, Infinity War and Endgame did so well. Yeah. I think Shang-Chi is, I, I we're, I'm excited to see where they bring that. Eternals is going to be really interesting. Cause I don't, I, I don't know. It just feels so one off unless they bring that back in from like a, an inter universal galactic kind of perspective. But like you said, 10 characters is, is insane. So, yeah. Okay. I have a question for you. Of the, it's four Thor movies, right? There's Thor, Thor, the Dark World, Thor, Ragnarok, and then Thor, Love and Thunder. Put them in order of your favorites. Uh, It's Ragnarok, Love and Thunder, first Thor, Dark World. So even Ragnarok beats out this one. It's not by much, but I just, I I like Ragnarok better. Um, Loki is a big reason. You mentioned it earlier. That's fair. Okay. I can see that. Having Loki in there. Um, I really love uh, the interaction between even him and the Hulk as well, yeah, I think are yeah. really, really good. So if and, you put, okay, so if you put, so I know we say we don't normally do this, but okay, all Marvel movies together, all 27, yeah. 28 of them, top 20, top 10, top 25, top 50, where would you put this? I think this is in top third, low okay, of the so top, top third. Okay. Um, I mean, again, I, I look at it as, the top third of Mar- of MCU movies are movies that I would put in, like, we stop recording, and I immediately turn it. it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Middle this third is, is I have to be in the right mood to mm-hmm. to want to watch this again. I'm trying to think of, like, an example of that. That would be, like, a Iron Man 2 is a perfect example of that. Okay, that's I, fair. It's not a bad movie, but I have to be in the right mood to want yeah, to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bottom third is the movies. Like I probably will never watch these movies again. And that's what your, is like, your worst again. My worst. Oh, what is my worst? It's almost like we have I to mean, reevaluate a little bit, you know, it might be like, Thor the Dark, you know, well, maybe not Thor, the dark world. Dr. Strange multiverse of madness. I mean, honestly, the more that I've marinated on multiverse of madness, it, it might be that. Yeah. Like, like, you know how much I absolutely did, did, did not like the Hulk. I mean, this, this one is, 
oh, anyway. The Hulk I can oh. watch. Like, I, I, that's in that mid-tier for me where it's like, oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. And they're bringing back um, Tim Ross Abomination in the She-Hulk series. Yeah, that'll be fun. I, I think the more and more I think about that, I think I might. I like Tim Roth. Let's just, I, I've always liked yeah. him. Yeah. Okay, well, um, any final thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder? I'm happy that the MCU kind of, with this movie and the recent announcements, kind of seem to be a little bit back on track. I am, again, it's a lot, there's a lot more going on in Phase 4, and it just felt a little more disjointed. My hope is that they kind of figure out the relationship of the Disney Plus streaming service TV shows and how that connects to the greater universe. Yeah. Um, uh, I wonder, I, I wonder if maybe at some point, you know, a few years back when Disney plus first launched Feige and, and, you know, the brass at Disney said, all right, we're going to lean into this and we're going to make this at the same level as the movies. And I wonder if some of the fan base said, hold on, hold on this is too much kind of like me. This is just too much. There's too much going on. They were able to sustain it. I think in 2020 because of the pandemic, like, Oh, we, we were God, all dying for something God to do. Disney Plus. So, I mean, like, I think that helped them a ton, but now that they have like the, the, the series will serve as the things in between the giant tent poles. And I think that's maybe Feige realized, all right, we've got two different types of audiences. We've got the diehards who are going to look at all this equally and, you know, we're going to create all this content, but the tent poles, the movies, they have to be able to individually tell the story without people going to the shows. Like they have to be able to do that. So like, even though I've seen Loki and I liked Loki, there might be some people who don't ever see Loki. So to explain who King the Conqueror is, that's going to have to be in the movie. And that the, the, the whole idea of the TVA, they're going to have to bring that up a little bit. And, and I think the way, this is the one thing I will give them credit for um, with, with uh, Dr. Strange. You didn't have to see WandaVision to get what was going on in Dr. Strange. It helped. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely helped. Ha- you didn't have to see it. You were able to very e- You didn't have, you know, just that one little line, you know, you're probably here to see me about what happened in Westview. I made mistakes, blah, blah, blah. They move on. And then you see Wanda's, you, you can still feel Wanda's palpable grief about vision and about her kids and all this stuff. Right. But you didn't have to know that the stuff that happened in WandaVision. So I think if, as long as MCU and Feige and Marvel, they kind of stay on that path and they keep the tent poles, the tent poles, I think they have a chance here at keeping people along. I mean, that's just me speaking for my own personal, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think, I think that they've reestablished some dominance in we've got you. This yeah. is where this is going. You, you, hang on. It's going to be fun. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, the other major, other major, you know, enterprises that are out there right now that are, you know, franchises that are grabbing people's attention. You know, Star Wars is obviously one of them. You got that that whole thing going on with Star Wars, which is really big. Um, you know, but in terms of other stuff that's out there, I mean, DC is failing like crazy right now. You can't well, especially now HBO Max is getting... So speaking of HBO Max, I will tell you, man, I have had HBO Max now for about three months. I got rid of my Netflix and I have gotten into a show called Westworld. Have you been watching Westworld? I have not, but I have read, I've read the book of Westworld. Okay. So first of all, 
this is not for anyone younger than 18 years old. So let's be very clear. You need to be 18 to watch the show. It is not a family-friendly show, so families do not go watch this with your kids. Adults only. But the idea of it is, for those people who don't know, uh, it's the year 2055, and this company called Delos has created a theme park that's modeled after, like, an old Western, and all of the characters in the theme park are audio animatronics. They're called hosts, but they look, act, feel just like real people. And you cannot distinguish them from the actual guests who are in the park. But the way they've got it set up is hosts cannot hurt the guests. Hosts cannot hurt the guests. Guests can hurt the host. They can do whatever they want to the host. So let your imagination go where that goes. They can do whatever they want. They can't hurt each other. They can only, and they can basically carry out their wildest fantasies with these hosts. But the whole premise of the show is that the hosts start to understand what's happening to them. Yeah. Oh man. Like I'm on season three right now. Season two was a little bit of a wow. Season one was outstanding. Season one was phenomenal. Two was okay. Three's kind of getting there. It's, interesting i think there's a total of five seasons at this point or four and they're on season five they're on but, four right now they're releasing okay four. maybe it's four okay yeah but i totally recommend it <laughs> yeah yeah um based on a michael crichton book very good yes, it is. Um, and it was, was it a, a movie as well was it, just, was it a book or did he just do the movie did he actually uh, do it was book? a book book okay and then he, they direct, did a movie he directed the, the movie in the 70s yeah 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 with they, um with uh, the dude who played pharaoh in um in, yeah in, in, in the ten commandments yeah, yeah. Ewell Brenner or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've heard um, nothing but good things. The other series that, again, I, I will recommend the Not For Kids series that with the recent Marvel announcements, man, I went back and watched the first season of Daredevil. Oh, man, I forgot what good TV that was. Yeah. It's, who, play, who plays him? Uh, Charlie Cox, and that's the Vincent D'Onofrio plays Kingpin. Okay. And... Oh man, I, I again, I just I just forgot how much fun and how good that series was. Like that, the fans of the show will know what I'm talking about. The hallway fight scene where it's just one continuous shot for like I don't know two minutes, uh, just just mm. great cinema and the amount of like shocking moments and um, just uh, I wow. And mm-hmm. you know now they're they've you know announced Daredevil: Born Again in 2024 with Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio reprising their roles. So that's why I started to go back and watch it. And I would say, I mean, all the Marvel series that were the Netflix Marvel series, uh, Iron Fist, you can skip Luke Cage is, and haven't they moved all that over to Disney plus at this point? It's all on Disney. I heard they like stripped out some of the credits because of the way the credits were rolling or whatever, which was really interesting. So if you guys are a DC universe fan, um, uh, another thing you can check out if you're ever on a trip to California, let's say, and maybe you want to book that through me. I don't know. Um, you can get the Warner Brothers studio tour and they've got an entire exhibit set up of all the, like the original Batman outfit for uh, from cool. this TV series and from the eighties, like Tim Burton, the original Riddler outfit, the original um, Mr. Freeze outfits in yeah. there, which is really cool. So uh, if you're looking, you can book through me. You can uh, find me at Casey Woolley at mainstreetmoretravel.com. <laughs> Or sorcerernetwork.com. My my stuff's on my profile there. Oh, nice. Um, Um, Okay. Um, It is closing time. How do they get a hold of us? Yes, you can email us, uh, beersandears1928 at gmail.com, Facebook, Beers and Ears Podcast, 
Twitter and Instagram, beers and beers ears nineteen twenty eight. Uh, Casey mentioned sorcerernetwork.com. Find us there. Um, streaming on Twitch, Sorcerer Matt or twitch.tv slash Sorcerer Matt. We've been doing lots of fun strategy games. I think I'm going to do one tonight where I am a, it's a, basically you're a dungeon boss who is like a middle manager in this dungeon company. And so like (laughs) I I do work things with my employees to stop the people from, it's very funny. So like, like throughout the week you like give seminars and, uh, you know, you have to worry about morale because you have to make sure that your your workers are happy, and it's it's yep. it's a very quirky game. Um, anyway, so we a lot of fun on there. Um, this I, I will talk about my side gig. I've started sports uh, freelance sports writing for nice. a site called Gridiron Heroics and uh, Wisconsin Sport Heroics. So. Nice. Um, uh, highly see, recommend. I, I see you've been more active on Twitter lately too, talking yes. about sports. You've been popping up in my feed talking about about the Packers, and I think you put some Michigan stuff up there too. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. I got to connect you. I don't think you've met my brother yet, but I got to connect you to my brother one of these. Days. Oh yeah, well, he's been on the pod before. Yeah, so. oh sorry, yes, yeah, right, he was on the pod, but yeah, like actually, like you guys got to meet because like he's um he's 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 uh the national uh, broadcaster now for news um. Newsnet, and he does nice. sports broadcasting for them. So same idea. Yeah, but, you know, so. yeah. So that's been fun. So again, cool. maybe you hate sports and uh, uh, ignore that. Don't don't follow, or do. Maybe you'll get into sports because of me. But the biggest thing I would say is just follow me on Twitter at Sorcerer Matt. Um, I post most of my stuff, sports things there, and that helps out there. But I'm having a lot of fun with that. Uh, and discontinued on display. Display is having some fun. I listened to most of your wizard of Ozland episode. So I sent you a text on this. Yeah. I was shocked that you guys didn't mention that it opened before Disney. So, I, it, so that didn't 19, even register for us. Well, you know, what registered for me was, is when I looked it up in 1970, it was the most visited theme park on the East coast in 1970. Huh? Because, Obviously, there yeah, wasn't Disney. much to compete with, right? Um, but so, yeah, I mean, you guys had a really interesting thought process in terms of like, is there a franchise out there, or is there could could there be a theme park that could open up based centrally around a franchise? Again, Super Mario, I think, is an example. Universal is doing it, could, but is there an independent one out there that could do it? And I don't know. It, it's really interesting to see. I think Japan at one point did have a Sanrio land, like uh, for, yeah. for Hello Kitty. So I think that was an example of one. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's this this season's been a lot of fun. So we we got uh, uh, yeah, discontinued themed experiences, and it's it's been a it's been a good time. It's it was. Been a really good it's time. it's been fun. You guys, that I think you guys just put out Showbiz Pizza too. I gotta yeah. I gotta I gotta um watch that one where a kid can be a kid. Yeah, yeah. I think that was my recommendation. If I'm it was, yeah, that's why yeah, we did so Showbiz Pizza. We did, and from a Disney standpoint, we got coming down the pipeline. I think that's this week. We're talking about Body Wars and Cranium Command from oh, Epcot. Okay. I never saw those, but I've heard about them. So yeah, some nice but, uh, John Lovitz and. Uh, Hans and Franz from SNL are making are in in that really yeah yeah they, oh wow um like they're the lungs I think and they like <laughs> and and so so like that's that's like they do their shtick that they did on SNL it, it it's a wild that it's a wild great. show. 
All right. Well, anyway, Matt told you how to get a hold of us. Let's go ahead and hold. Uh, let's um, hold our beverages up. Hold our drinks up. This episode has been on us. Uh, what are we doing next week? By the way, do we? I, I, I have no idea. Our schedule's all messed. Our up. Our schedule <laughs> is all off. So I got. I got just real quick to preview. Although I am kind of a little nervous to preview what it is because we've been screwed up. It's supposed to be a Diz game if we're going in order. Um, we might. But switch you know that what? Up. We could switch that up. Actually, next week we could talk Disney Cruise Line because now I can talk about it. Like I know That's what. That's true. I, like, like I know what I'm talking about, but we'll figure it out. It's going to be more Disney content regardless. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, if you need to get hold of us, you know how to do it. Otherwise, have a wonderful rest of your day. This episode's been on us. See you real soon. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast.